0: to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. When we look back at our childhood and reflect on the memories It's interesting to see what memories really stand out. I find that when I look back, I think, are they the happy ones or not the happy ones? (laughs) I find myself just wondering what ones are the ones that made me have my limiting beliefs or the certain things that I think or believe in that have really shaped my life. As a parent of two girls, I've had an awareness during their entire childhood Because I started much later having children and had 20 years of personal development under my belt. I knew what I wanted to instill in my girls to equip them for a life that they could live with the tools to give them the utmost confidence and the awareness of their values and beliefs. They know their values and then they can make their right decisions. And now at 12 and 15, I see the fruit of my labor. I feel confident as a mother when they are away from me that I have taught them the consequences and the benefits of the correct choices. Life is a series of choices we make. And as a child, it's so important to show our children what happens when we make the wrong choices versus the right ones. I'm getting ready to start this week my Raising Confidence course, where I teach kids my six step magical formula. And I actually have an adult version called The Magic Path, where I teach the same eight-week course, but in an adult way. These courses are built on the tools I believe are crucial for kids to learn while they live under your roof. Can you imagine the feeling when they leave for college at 18, or whatever they choose to do, that they know their core values? They know how to get clarity and focus on their goals and take action and have a solid morning routine that will ensure confidence and self-worth. I know if I was listening to this, there would be no doubt I would want my kids to have this knowledge so I could worry a little less than I would otherwise. So if you are interested in enrolling either your child or yourself, you still have time this week. If not, email me at ashleygonner at gmail.com and I'll put you on the wait list for the next round. They are eight weeks, one-on-one coaching programs. Check out the details on my website at ashleygoner.com. I am on a mission to transform and empower as many kids as I can. That is my passion. So now onto our episode today with Mike Kemsky. I learned about Mike through a podcast I listened to one morning. His story of his childhood will blow you away. He struck a chord in me when I heard his tough childhood and how he figured out a way To overcome his obstacles and make them his message. His message is so powerful. You will learn so much from this episode. You will need a notebook to take notes. He is the author of the best-selling book called The Eleven Principles and the creator of the Power Life Success Systems and so much more. The value of this episode is amazing. I want Mike to explain his journey and where he is now, because coming from him will be so impactful to you and the way you view your life. You are going to enjoy this episode, so let's get started. So please welcome Mike Kemsky to the show. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. Nice to be here. Oh, it's so nice to have you here. And I, in the intro, I explained how I had learned from you through a podcast I listened to. And then I go down this rabbit hole and learn more about you. And then you get to come on the podcast. And I'm so excited to share your story. And I look at life as it's our story, especially when we get to our age where we look back at our childhood and we look at what, you know, what are my limiting beliefs that I had? Or what, what are things that happened or the memories that happened in my life that, Really shape the person who I am now, or what are things that I've been able to overcome and make my little thing a message? So when I look at you, I look at what I've learned about you that I want you to share with my listeners, your childhood and the message that you are now sharing, what 30, 40 years later, that you figured out how to do it on your own. And that's what I find so inspiring to me because usually there's these kids that grew up and, you know, didn't have the tools that you didn't, you know, kind of were lost drifting. And that's why I'm so focused on my passion is teaching these kids these tools. So they're not out drifting, but you figured it out and I want you to go there and then you know, when we think of this path that we're on and the breadcrumbs that we pick, and sometimes I always say the yellow brick road and, you know, we veer off to the right, but then we figure out a way to come back and how you've led your life and how you've figured out your yellow brick road and all the little things on the, you know, the wise come in the, in life, They're, they're choices, like you know, life is all about choices. And, you know, when you make the choices and when you listen to your inner voice and when you have your values and all those things, but Take us back to my mic at what, 14 years old or whatever you want. 14?
1: You... <laughs> let's start at 12. Okay,
0: 12, because my daughter, Presley's 12. So let's yeah. go there because I 12, can relate.
1: 12 is when I found drugs and alcohol, actually. Prior to that, uh, you know, there was just a life of there's no love, no support, no money. It was abusive. It was hostile. It wasn't a good environment. And I was a very, and still am, but I like have this big, tough shell, so you can't tell, but I'm, I'm a a very sensitive, very connected person, very connected to nature, somewhat fragile, actually powerful, but fragile because I'm so sensitive. And I was that way as a little boy. And you know, I used to play with bugs and make these little bug families because I didn't have a family, and I wanted to have a family, so I made these bug families and and all this fun stuff and over time, being in that environment as it does, you know you listen to these things long enough, like what's this show rated is for kids? I'll keep it clean okay so oh,
0: yeah uh,
1: as a, as a you know as as you do when you grow up and you hear things from people like your parents and people who are mentors or whatever leaders church, school, whatever it might be you believe them when you're a kid, you know, when you hear you're a piece of crap and you're worthless and you're stupid and you're nothing and you're blah, 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 your whole life, that's what you believe about yourself, you know? And that's so intuitively, even at that age, you kind of know that's not true, but there's so much going on with the wiring and development of your, of your systems at that point that you kind of adopt that as truth and it causes pain, a lot of pain and there's fear. And there's so much, there's so much stuff that you really, that's very constrictive and contracted that you can't, really expand into your full self. And you can't live in that light and that love and that stuff that makes us feel good about life and about ourselves. And so the pain kept just building and building and building. And at 12 years old, I found drugs and alcohol. And I'm like, oh my God, this is magic stuff, man. This stuff makes all my pain go away. This sounds amazing. And so I started drinking and doing drugs at 12 because it worked. It worked. It worked until it didn't. Right. And so, you know, at at that point I went in, I started to go retreat into the darkness more because I had to, I had to just survive. You know, it was, it was, it was tough and being as sensitive and as loving as I was not having what I need and my needs met and being fed that it was just torturous for me as a kid. And, and um, the drugs and alcohol helped until they didn't. And that was three months before my 17th birthday. I checked myself into rehab. That's a whole different story. But the point about this and the, the significance of this is to tell people and to like let people understand that it doesn't matter what happened to you in your life. I was not programmed to be happy or be successful or or have love in my life, even have a family. Uh, my highest dream, my biggest dream was to have a family, which I've done and and that's all good, but you know, it doesn't matter where you're starting. Those things can be changed. Those things can be adjusted and recalibrated. So you can start to live from your power and not fr- from this like very, very dim, dark place where a lot of people exist, where they're lost, they're lost in the darkness and they just can't see any way out of it. So, which I was there. And even after rehab, I was there. I have a, this dramatic, what, what changed me was a dramatic event that is kind of crazy, but it really what set me on my path to figure this out was that event when I was 18, after I've been sober for two years, but it's important to understand that it doesn't matter where kids are at or where we're at as adults or anything like that. If it's something that doesn't feel good to you, if it doesn't feel right to you, you, because everybody knows, everybody feels this thing inside of them. Everybody has something, you know, some passion, some ambition, some desire, something that they want to express and that's blocked oftentimes. Um, by all this other, all these, that's why I love the, the title of this, you know, cause that, that magic, their magic, the magic's inside yes. of them, but it's just blocked with all these layers of like paint and soot and shields and all this stuff that we right. develop to protect ourselves. It's not like it's a bad thing, you know, they're not bad people. It's just, we, we need to, to protect ourselves from, from some of this abuse and this stuff because we don't understand That like what we actually are, which is like I say all the time to my people, like you're the power. It's not you have the power. You are the power. Everything comes through you, goes through you. So it's an an amazing process to to watch this. It's an honor and privilege to be able to help people get to that point in their life. And, you know, I did it myself in the trenches of life and it took me a long time, but I did it. I didn't know there were people like me, like you at the point at that point in time in my life. So I just kind of poked sticks at stuff and lifted up rocks and bored. What's under here? What does that do? What does this do? And just kind of figured it out.
0: I guess what's like amazing to me is that 16, I, you know, and someone who 12 years old starts drugs and alcohol, you really have this epiphany one day, like I need to go to rehab. You know, you don't even have parents that are telling you to do that. You're begging them for like a signature or something. Cause they wouldn't let yeah. you in. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. Like, wh- yeah. I mean, seriously, I don't get yeah, tell it, you that. Cause where is that mindset?
1: It was, a whatever people call it all kinds of things. I don't know. I don't profess to know what it was, but I was in my room, I was looking around and there was just, you know, beer cans and soda cans and beer bottles full of cigarette butts and just trash and drug paraphernalia. And it was just a dirty, icky, gross environment. And I'm looking around and I'm like, man, and I was just lost and I was confused and I was scared. The drugs stopped working. The alcohol stopped working. So now I have all this problem with drugs and alcohol, plus all the pain in my life. It wasn't resolved or or taken care of. So I'm like, oh, my God, this is too much. It got too much, you know. And so I I just watching TV and whatever. How do you exit this planet? How do you do this? And I'm like a razor blade, right? A razor blade that does it. So I went and got a razor blade and I stuck it in my wrist. And wow. I'm listening, I'm listening to uh, Metallica Sanitarium over and over and over again. Just like, what am I going to do? And, and I was just done, you know, so I put this and this is like the first episode. This isn't even the dramatic one. I put, I put this razor blade in my wrist and I dug in there and pierced the skin and everything went silent. And, and I was like, okay, this is weird. I mean, I couldn't hear Metallica. Everything went silent and this kind of peace filled my 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 soul my heart my body whatever and it's not like I heard the mic blow like a voice like that but there was a voice it was my voice because I mean when you talk to yourself you hear your voice so I might have been talking to myself I don't profess to know what this was people say it's God it's whatever I, I don't know um so I'm not going to act like I do but what I did what I do know was my experience and it said Mike this is not what your life is meant to be I know you don't know what love feels like, but this is what it's like. And my body flooded with this crazy amount of power and energy that I've only felt when I had my daughter. When, if you have kids, you understand that. Oh my God, that magic, whatever that is, man. If you've had a kid, you understand. If you don't, you probably won't. But my body filled with that. And I remember when I had my kid, I was like, this is the same thing I felt. Wow, this is
0: crazy. Yeah, Yeah. it was amazing.
1: So I felt, I mean, because that love for your children, unconditional love, right? And it's instant. And so I felt that. And I'm like, whoa. And it said, you know, this is what love feels like. And you'll find this serving man and women, but mankind, humanity, basically. Right. And, but, but the word was man. So I just repeated as that. And, and I'm like, wow, what is this? And then, you know, then I felt the blood trickling down my hand and it brought me back to where I was at. And all of a sudden, here's Metallica. Here's this, my reality. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, what? And I'm crying now. And I'm like, oh my God. So I pulled the razor blade out and I got a little blood trickling down my hand. And I'm like, what is this? I'm like, I need help. I can't do this. And, and I felt that now there's, there's like empirical evidence or, or at least experiential evidence that something else is there. And I've known this my whole life, but it was so trapped and so like just contained in that darkness in that, in that shielded place in my heart that nobody was getting to anymore. No way, man, you guys all hurt me. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm shelled up, you know, mm. but that was exposed for a minute. And I'm like, I need help. So I, I called, I called this lady, not a lady, the nurse, uh, Sheila, and this poor lady, she answered the phone. She's like, Davis Hospital Recovery Center. This said, like, Sheila, can I help you? And I'm like, click. And I, I kept <laughs> hanging up. I'm 16. I'm scared to death. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. You know, I'm just like, so I kept calling this poor lady back. And she answered the phone. She's like, are you going to talk to me? I'm like, yes. It just scared <laughs> me. And so I said, yes. And and then she's, you know, we started to talk. And she said, yeah, you could, this is adult court order, an adult court-ordered rehab. People come here to not go to prison or on, after prison, they have to come here to serve their thing or whatever. And I'm like, I don't care. Can, I need help. You know, she goes, yeah, your parents have to sign you in. I'm like, oh, OK. So I go, I go, oh I walk gosh. up the stairs and my mom's watching QVC. <laughs> it's funny to me now, but she's watching a home shopping channel. Oh and I'm like, gosh. mom, I need to talk to you. She's like, what do you want? She got all like bitter about it, pissed off. I'm watching TV. Gee, damn it! I'm gonna to try to not swear, but I mean, and so then I'm like, okay, I'm like, well, I just called this hospital. I got a drug problem, and I need help, and I can, I need to go into rehab, but I need someone to sign me in. It's like, call your dad, God damn it! I'm watching QVC, and I'm like, wow, okay. No. I didn't want to call him. I did not want to call him. So I, I call him, and he's at work. He's in the military, and he's uh, he lived up there for a few days at a time. And I call him. He answered the phone. He didn't always answer the phone. He's like, Master Sergeant and I'm like, oh, dad what do you want? And I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm terrified. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm like 16. I'm scared to death. This is hard. And he's like, yeah. and I'm like, dad, I, I just called this rehab. I, I got a drug problem. I need some help. He goes, quit being an effing pussy and hung up on me. Huh. Like, uh, what do I do now? Right. I'm like, well, I'll do what any resourceful drug addict would do and I'll lie. So I went, <laughs> I went yeah. and told my mom, I said, cause she never got her license. I knew they wouldn't communicate. They were miserable and all that. And I'm like, dad said that to, for me to take you to the hospital for you to sign me in. And she got all kind of bent out of shape because she had to stop watching QVC. Oh my God. And so I drove myself and her to the rehab and I talked to the counselors. They interviewed me and they said, We have a bed. And I'm like, I don't, that's it. I want it. Like, well, you have to know this. I'm like, I don't care what it is. I'll take the bed. I don't care. And so I checked myself into rehab at 16 years old and I went through their program and and got off drugs, and alcohol. And it's been an ongoing thing since. So it's been a long time, (laughs) 30 plus years, but that's how I ended up going to rehab. But
0: when you turn 18 and you have the, Moment where you want to end your life and you're sober, I guess yeah, I'm I was confused that at that yeah. time. Okay, I'm sober at huh.
1: that time, yeah, two years sober. Yep. yep, so
0: what are you doing from when you're out of rehab until you get to that pinnacle moment?
1: Everything they told me to do. Well, then this is another thing, too. It's like we can listen to experts and gurus and guides and mentors, whatever, but it's most important to listen to yourself. And that voice can be really quiet sometimes for a lot of people. It was quiet for me. It was so quiet, I could barely hear it. But I did everything they told me to do. I went to the meetings. I went to the aftercare thing. And I went to these little Al-Anon support group, all these different things. And I did that for you know a couple of years. And finally, I went to a meeting and I looked around. And I'm like, you know what, man? There's more to life than coming here like two or three times a week, drinking 12 pots of coffee, smoking three packs of cigarettes and bitching about life. There's more. There's more to life than this. This is cool. It's a good support for a stepping stone to get away from that, to be a transitional point to your next thing. Right. But there's more than this, right? So I was like, I'm out of here. They're like, You're gonna die. You're gonna relapse. We're gonna find you in the gutter. You're gonna go to jail. I'm the only one that stayed sober. The oh only one. Wow. I'm the only one that stayed sober. Huh. And, and, and it and, wasn't
0: a struggle. You just you knew it. You just it wasn't a struggle to stay sober.
1: No, it was no. I mean, there were times it was sometimes challenging, but I knew the drugs and alcohol didn't work anymore. And I was looking for, for what was there, that feeling that I got, you know, like, what, how do I get this? What is this stuff? So it wasn't really all that hard. It was a little bit tough at first, but no, not really. It was because it was, it was a decision. And once you make a decision and you, then you commit to that, everything starts to come, become a resource in your favor, if you look at life that way. So I had a lot of support in terms of like nature and life, not really. So people, all my friends started drinking and doing drugs again. So I was kind of like, okay, I'm the odd man out, but.
0: That's what I was okay. going to ask you. You'd, like a friend system. Was there any, you had a support system around no. you, your family, yeah. you're living at your, with your mom and dad and they're in their own world. And you're kind of in your own world.
1: At that point, I wasn't living with them, but no, I mean, my, my support system was my girlfriend at the time and my counselor and they hooked up and started having sex behind my back. So I got oh betrayed by both of them. The only two people I really trusted. I'm like, oh my God, now what? and, yeah. and That was kind of like one of the things where I'm like, I I just, at that point, I felt so alone and so lost and so afraid and so hurt. and, And just, I mean, the lowest point a human being can be is where I got. And I just kind of like didn't, I was like, man, I've done everything they told me to do. I've done the meetings. I've done the steps. I've done all this stuff. My life is not changing. I still don't see any future for myself. I don't see me having a family. I don't see me having love in my life. I don't see me having success. I'm still just as screwed up as I was back then. But I I just don't have drugs and alcohol anymore. Hmm. And 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 now I don't have anybody in my life. I'm like, I have no one to lean on or whatever. Because some of these people in these meetings and stuff, man, they were more depressing than going out and hanging out with people who were doing drugs and drinking.
0: Right, I bet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was just like,
1: come on, man. And so that led me to that point where, you know, the, the, the gun episode where I ended up and, and I'm not going to tell the whole story. It, I'll tell a little bit of it, but I mean, people can go watch the video. That's why I recorded a video. So I have to go through it a right. hundred times, but um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was living at, a, I was just kind of like hopping around and I was living in, in, in a friend's basement and uh, they were, his mom got deployed to the military and they were people house sitting they were avid hunters. So they had all kinds of guns, all kinds of stuff. And long story, way shorter, I'll just say I ended up on um, sitting on the bed and I was just thinking about everything, confused, scared, alone. I didn't know what to do. And I was like, man, every, nothing works. And I started crying. I put my hands in my, or my face in my hands and my elbows on my knees. And I hunched over. I just started like crying my face off. And under the bed was a 357 Magnum. And I looked at it and I'm like, you know what? I grabbed it. I picked it up. And I literally mm-hmm. said to myself, if this is life, I want my money back this is bullshit. Why would anybody want to live like this? This is, I did everything they told me to do all the experts and the mentors and the guides. I did everything they told me to do. Nothing's changing. And in fact, it's, it's gotten worse because there's, I still have the pain, but then people that I love and trust betray me. And I mean, it was just a chaos, a a vortex of confusion and chaos and chemical shit storm going on inside of me. And, and I didn't know what to do. And so I pulled the hammer back on the gun and I put it in my mouth and I'm shaking and I, you know, like the barrel's cold and it tastes like gunpowder. And it was just, it was very dramatic. And I'm like crying my face off. I'm sobbing. I got snot leaking out my nose. I'm just a wow. mess and I'm trembling, you know, and I'm like, man, and, and I, this is how bad my self-esteem was. I said, if you do this, someone's gonna have to clean up your brains off the back of the wall. Mm. And you, you are a piece of shit. Your dad was right. And I'm like, wow. That's, that's so, it makes me sad to think anybody could be that bad, but I was, it was where I was at.
0: Wow.
1: And so I have this, I have a loaded gun in my mouth thinking those kinds of thoughts, (laughs) man. And, and so I'm in a chipper mood today, so I probably won't get emotional and cry. So that's good. But, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm sitting there with this gun in my mouth and I start thinking, man, I can't, can't live like 50 more years like this or 50 more days or 50 more minutes, 50 more seconds. And I literally asked like, if this is what life is, why the hell would anybody want this? What is this? Mm-hmm. This is sucks. This is terrible. Hmm. And, and so I'm squeezing this trigger and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. I'm I, I don't know what's happening right now. And I'm squeezing the trigger just really lightly, really lightly. And then, bam, the hammer drops. And I'm, I'm like, my eyes open. I pull the I pull the gun out and I'm in shock. And I'm like, am I dead? I've never been dead before. I don't know what being dead like, maybe I'm dead. I don't know what happened. Right. So I feel my head and I'm like, everything seems intact. But maybe this is part of being dead. I don't know. And I realize what happened huh. with the gun. And the primer on the bullet misfired or didn't, it was, it didn't misfire. The primer on the bull was defective. So the bullet didn't fire. So oh, I wow. threw the gun and I scurried away from it. Then I hit my head on the back of the wall. So oh I, my, gosh. my hurts. Yeah, hurts. <laughs> and, and I was trembling in this, wow. just, I mean, uncontrollable as you can imagine. I mean, it was overloaded with all kinds of stuff. And, and when I got enough composure to stand up, I just started walking. I started walking and I don't know how long it was. I don't know time or how far I walked, but cause I was, I wasn't even there. I was just like, it was just like that's all i could process right. at the time and i got to the point where there was they used to have old um billboards on the highway with old incandescent lights that shine up on them and mm-hmm. they get all crusty and gross and like orange looking because they're all dirty right. And I see this light and this orange hue of this light. And I look up and it gave me a focal point. It gave me something to look at to all this energy could be like condensed into a focal hmm. point. So I could focus for a second and get my composure. And I looked up at that light and I, and I did, I, I got focused and I got present and I'm like, uh, uh-uh. and I literally looked around. I was, I mean, I was in some ghetto place where I lived, but I looked around. And I'm like, no, Mike, everything you want in life is out there. Success, happiness, fulfillment, joy, awe, wonder, adventure, family, love toys, all, everything that you want is out there because you know, you know it because you see people have it. So right. if it's out there, why can't you get it? I'm like, I was dealt a bad hand, maybe whatever, but who cares? Why can't you get it? So I literally took a physical step to the side, looked over at my shadow, my echo. And I said, you just killed the guy that pulled that trigger and you gave birth to this man. Uh. Who is he? I don't know. I'm the same asshole I was five seconds ago, but, but I made a decision. I'm going to go out in this world and I'm going to figure out how my mind works, how my heart works, how my body, how, how I work as a human being. How do I max, how do I get that feeling back? How do I, how do I find this stuff? What do I do? How do we work as human beings? And that was the beginning of the unfolding of the power life principles. I started just to go through the world and look at things and poke around at things. And just, I mean, I got so self-aware it was Hmm. exhausting, but very beneficial and it unfolded that. And then you know, and obviously that worked, and I've transformed my life since then and helped thousands and thousands and thousands of people do the same thing all around the world. But um that, that was a turning point to me. It's not something I ever would suggest or recommend anybody, of course. But to me, it was it was figured out or die. And right. and I was I wasn't ready to die, I wasn't able to die at that point in time anyway. So I'm like, I'll just figure it out. And and I went on this massive quest to, to learn how we work without all the crazy. Fluff and extra sugar and all this stuff. It's like it's very like this is it. It had to be simple, or right. it wouldn't have worked for me because I was just not. I don't have the capacity to process all this complicated crap. It was just too much for me at the time. But,
0: but what, do what do you do at that place? Like, where you were you going to go to read books? Are you going to watch videos? How where, how nope, are you doing your? I didn't even know research? know what existed.
1: I didn't even know <laughs> that existed. I had no idea that that there were books and people that did this stuff. I had no idea. So what I did, I literally just like okay, I'm focused on me. And I started off just doing like, one thing was I was at a job interview at Dairy Queen and I was so nervous because I was like, I'm such a piece of crap. I'm worthless. I'm not going to get it. I mean, just making hamburgers for God's sake. I'm not like building, curing cancer or something, but I was so <laughs> stressed out because I had such a low self-esteem. I was like, ah, and I'm pacing back and forth in this lobby, just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I get so like uptight that I get, I go into a boxer stance. And I worked out on bags and rehab to get out my aggression and anger hmm. and to process my energy. Physically expressing it through working out on punching bags, heavy bags and speed bags. And I got in this boxer stance and I'm like, why do I feel better? I just started to notice, like I feel a little more confident when I do this. I'm like, wait a minute. So I put my hands down. I'm sketching out again. I'm freaked out. I'm scared. I'm a loser. Hands back up, boxer stance, powerful position. I'm like, what the hell is this? And there's a word for this. I know what it is now, but at the time I didn't know. And so I was like, okay, cool. I got the job and I went home and I'm like, okay, let's do this. So I look in the mirror and I'm like, okay, is this can you really control how you feel just by like your stance and your body? So I look in the mirror and I'm like, I hey, get mad because I'm really good at being mad. It's like a powerful defense mechanism for me. So I, I look in the mirror, I'm getting all mad and I'm growling right. at myself. Within seconds, I'm like, I want to fight somebody. I'm just like angry. I'm like, and I'm what am I? I ask, and I'm like, whoa, I back up, I'm like, what why am I mad? There's no one in here but me. I'm legitimately like pissed off. My head's hot, I'm sweating, I'm like got my face all crunched up. I'm legitimately pissed off right now. I'm mad. I'm angry. Why? This is weird. I'm like, I try happy. And I sucked at being happy. I was terrible at being happy. <laughs> so I didn't know how to do it. I rarely smiled. And so I look in the mirror and I make this stupid ass smile. like, <laughs> And I'm like, you're a dumb ass. This, you're, you're, this is so awkward. What are you doing? You're stupid. And this is all going on. Like, and the other part of me is like, shut up and keep doing it. Like, okay. So I keep oh, funny. I'm fighting myself to try to be happy. Huh. And it probably took like 45 seconds. And I'm like, I started laughing. And I'm like, I'm actually happy for no reason what the hell is this? I'm like, you're a wizard, dude. You just figured out the mysteries of life. That was the first step to realize like, wait a minute. And that led me into a very introspective place to where I became, I literally for a year picked apart every single word, every thought that I could be aware that I was thinking when I was aware of it. And I'd make myself aware of it more. I would pick it apart. Like I'm hungry. What does that mean? I am. What's that? It's a conjunction for what? For I am. What's I? I is Mike. What's Mike? And I just, I mean, I drilled down everything uh-huh. until I figured out where I would know my body. Like, it, I would feel something in my solar plexus or in my head or my arm or whatever. And I'm like, okay, there's stuff associated with this. And I just went into this dive into myself, completely into myself. Exhausting, exhausting, but well worth it. And I became so self aware of all this stuff. And during that process, I started to realize, like, wait a minute. You know, principle one in the pilot principles, highest energy wins. I started to realize, like, the second I stopped giving this stuff attention, something else starts to happen and right. my thoughts start to go someplace else. And then from that point, everything else that follows that, my heart starts to feel this way, either fear or anger or whatever. And my actions start to to, to, mirror that and to support those, uh, those feelings. But if I go back over here and so I just started saying, okay, so give all of your attention, your highest energy to what you actually want. And it, it's simple. But man, is it not easy? It's just like working out. You got to do rep after rep after rep after rep until it just becomes not right, a new a way of living, right. but just the way of life for you. Right. You, know?
0: you know, I tell the girls part of my morning routine is to you have to smile before you get out of bed. It just reminded me of that because I said, even if you're not happy, just smile because it's telling your brain you're happy, <laughs> you know, and then look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that you are amazing. I am all of your affirmations, you know, even if you don't feel it, just say it. Because you're just, you're, you're going to, it's coming and it's becoming this, you know, program in your mind where you're starting to believe it. And then the parents in the house will say, oh my gosh, the energy is so different in this house. They come up and they're happy and I don't know what they're doing. And before they come to breakfast and I said, oh, it's working, but it works. That's how our house rolls. But it's so true when you have yeah, your nope. mind and how you clear, you're so clear on what works in the happy place and how you can change it quick when you have it as a muscle, you know?
1: Kudos to you, by the way, because people like take these simple things as just like they're rudimentary and they're just not simple. They're not complex or powerful enough to make a change. Bull crap. Yes, they are. When you smile, even if you don't feel it, It's recalibrating your brain and you start to produce different chemicals and this biochemical reaction is happening, whether you know it or not. And you continue to do that. Your cells divide and they go, I need more of that stuff. And it becomes a habit over time. And then you start to actually feel it. And then the energy shifts and everybody, everybody can feel that. No one, people don't know what the hell is going on half the time, but they're like, what's changed? Well, nothing. I'm smiling more. You know, that's one of my things every day is my, if I don't go, if I don't go out in this world and make at least one person smile, Mm -hmm. I feel like I failed at life that day.
0: Yes, that is so important. I make the girls give five compliments a day and they have had to do that since they could talk. And I, they always would say, well, they don't react back or they don't tell me something back. And I said, that's not why you're doing it. You are doing it for you to make them feel good. That is all it is. And to learn how to give, you know, learn how to look out, be the person that gives the love and not looking for it to come back. Now they can't go anywhere without saying at Target, your hair looks beautiful. I love your earrings. <laughs> it's just a bit of muscle, you know?
1: That does so much for people too. And, and it's you know what's cool about it? Like you can't give what you don't have. So when you start to generate within yourself the, mm-hmm. these processes and the effects it has on your body, when you give love, guess what? You win twice because you have to have it to give it. So the yes. more you give it, the more you are automatically generating it. And then the more you generate it, the easier it is. It becomes like your capacity for it expands. And then you have more and more and more of that. That's why giving is so important because it opens up your muscles and your capacity to receive more of that, whether it's from an external source or from yourself, it doesn't matter when you you love you gives love. You have to create it in yourself first to give yes,
0: it. I love so that.
1: it's so important to understand like what's happening. Most people are looking out. They're like, I'm waiting for my gifts from the universe to receive this. You are the power, like you're the one generating this stuff, you know, and what what happens is you generate it, you give it out, there's like this boomerang effect, it's principle nine and the power principles, and it touches people's lives. Somewhere along the way, you do this enough, you make a ripple effect that blankets the globe, and someone along the way is going to be like, you know what, I'm buying that person's coffee. Because Mm -hmm. someone smiled at me because someone did that to me. And it comes back to where it's somehow linked to everybody who's doing this kind of stuff. And we don't get to see it. We can't like really say, well, it's because I was nice to that person and complimented them on their shoes that I got a free hamburger today. Who knows? (laughs) Nobody knows. It's like, uh, I have the mysteries figured. No one knows. You can't track that. That's insane to even try to. But just if you watch your life and observe it, you'll see it happening more and more and more. So right. don't, we don't need to figure it out. Just do it and watch what happens. Watch, observe it and then, and then just take it because it, it changes your life because it's, change, it's elevating humanity to some degree and you right. are part of humanity, right?
0: When you put number one as the energy, the highest energy wins, why is that number one? Is that just where that, what you thought that was the most important of the Every, principles?
1: Because everything filters back down to that, everything. You are the creator of your life. You're the creator of your thoughts. You're the generator of your thoughts. You're the generator of your energy. There's this ambient energy we live in it's actually, it's insane. There's, there's enough energy in, in a cubic meter of the stuff we live in to boil all of the earth's oceans. That's what hmm. feeds life to us. That's what feeds life to life. This ambient energy, it's neutral. It's not bias. It's just energy.
0: Right. And it comes
1: into your systems in your, in your mental system first. And then you alchemize it and you do all your weird stuff and you make drama and you make the things and meaning and all this stuff. And like, that person sucks. This this is ugly. Whatever it is, you do all your stuff. That person's great. This is amazing. Whatever you do, you put your own special sauce in it and your own psychosis that meaning, whatever it is. And then that starts the process of creation. It starts at what I teach in the energy triad. Like your mind creates your life, your heart fuels it, your body builds it, but your mind it all, you have to create something in your mind first. You have to, everything goes through that and you have to have some sort of target, something to, to point it at, or, or it's just like, taking the sun and going, yeah, it's a lot of light. But if you take a magnifying glass and put it down on the ground and you condense that focus of the sun's light, it can burn stuff from clear out there in the space. So when you have a target, it narrows your focus enough to where your energy becomes more potent. Then at that point, highest energy wins. And this is not, this is very important. I have to say this because people in this space, like highest frequency win, love always wins. I'm sorry to burst people's bubble. That's not the case. It's not, it doesn't always win. And it's it's not about frequency. Frequency is like bass and treble. Treble is a fast frequency, a high frequency. Bass is low. But which one are you going to hear if you have the volume on the bass at 10 and the volume on the treble at zero? You're not going to hear the treble at all. People Mm -hmm. think like it's frequency. It's not. Energy is two components. It's frequency and amplitude. Amplitude is what you turn up the volume of the stuff by giving it attention, by expressing it, by taking it from inside here, putting it out into the world through painting, through art, through words, through music, through building through destroying through whatever, uh, whatever you do to do this, that's the expression of that energy. And the more that you focus on that highest energy wins, always, that will become the predominant thing in your life. And everything else will start to become a resource to support that.
0: Right?
1: Because there's nothing new here. Everything's already here. Like everything you touch came from this earth, right. the clothes you wear, the computer you work on the everything, it came from this earth, right? So it's already here. So we get the gift of going and putting the puzzle together. Like, what can I make? I can put Diet Coke and Mentos together and make propulsion, whatever, (laughs) you know, those kinds of things. But so it's not like we're actually waiting for stuff to be delivered. We have this gift of being able to create with what we already have. And that's the only resources we actually have. So when you focus your highest energy on whatever it is, it's either going to move you away from that or towards that. And all of it, everything filters back down to that because it all comes back down to your three primary energy systems, your mental and your emotional and your physical, those three things, that circuit has to be connected in order to activate your power, which then goes into the whole attraction principle. But it's definitely something that everything filters back down through. So it's always number one, just that one principle alone, people, when they grasp that, because it it is complex for some people, like, I don't get it. But then when they do, they're like, oh my God, I get this. And then their whole life changes just from one principle alone. So yeah.
0: But you know what they always say, where your uh, focus goes, energy flows, and all, you know, all that stuff. But I always think of it as like your reticular activating system in your brain. When I, with the girls, I do another trick in the car. We'll pick something and, you know, there could be a million red Mustangs, right? But we've never seen one until our focus is, let's go find, let's count how many red Mustangs we're going to find, right? Now, all of a sudden, there's a million, but they've always been there. It's like the story of the butterfly and your daughter. Is that what you mean? Or is that more of a perspective
1: in your mind? It's, it's both. Your perspectives are going to reveal to you what is already there. If you're looking for that thing, exactly what you're talking about, you can pass by a, a thousand yellow flowers and not even see them until you like, I wonder if there's a yellow flower, boom, and you'll see it. Right. The perspective is more about what you want that to mean. And so, mm-hmm. a yellow flower can mean like it's a sign. It's a sign from Narnia, whatever. It could be right. that there's so, that a yellow seed fell there. Who knows? But, but yeah, the the reticular activating system. That's just if you do that on purpose, you're making you're opening that pathway for those that information to come in because we can't we can't. I mean, there's we there's no way we can process all the data that we see every day. So when you like make a a, a focus on it, then yes, that's all you're going to see when you start. Like here, here's I don't know if you heard this before, but the the donut thing. Like people like. You can't, you, the, the people like, okay, smart guy, tell me how I can use a dozen donuts to lose weight. I'm like, okay, that's easy. So I'm like, go get you a box of Krispy Kreme donuts. Open those gooey bastards up. They're delicious. They smell good. Oh my God. They look delicious. oh, they're fascinating. They're wonderful. Grab one out of that box and don't eat it. Run to the furthest garbage can you can find. I don't care if it's the school parking lot, five blocks away, slam dunk that thing in there, like with some victorious symbolic gesture of victory, run back and do that 11 more times. You just use a dozen hmm. donuts to help you lose weight. That's huh. the power of perspectives. You can make things mean and serve you and be a resource to you however you want them to be. This is part of what we teach in the power manifesting method. But the, the highest energy wins. Yes, it comes down to what you're actually like focused on letting into your system and stopping what's, what comes in there. Not even stopping it. You don't need to stop anything. Right. Power perspective makes it so all the stuff that comes in, you can twist it around and change it to where it's something that serves you as a resource. Dog crap, rocks. People like, dog crap? I'm like, yeah. People started these businesses picking up dog poop in people's yards. That now became a million-dollar business for people. Rocks, the guy in the 80s with the pet rock. He's like, I need to make money. Posted some googly eyes on this thing or pasted them on there. Do a smiley face. Made over a million dollars selling rocks. So things aren't just what they are. They become what you need them to be as resources when you're focused on a target, which is what highest energy wins would be. It's about focus. It's about narrowing your focus to something that you want in life.
0: Right. So, in your in the second one, I it's duality. duality will you, yeah. Yeah. We explain that. I yeah. I don't need the, to go through all of them, but I was just I was listening to something and I was it was fascinating.
1: Yeah, it's duality is pretty simple, and and I, and I've had conversations with like one of my friends has a PhD in enlightenment from Harvard, and he talks about non-dualistic state. I'm like, get out of here with that, dude! You can't have that, not as a human being, because the the core of duality is like, man, people are gonna in they'll interpret this however they want to, but. Um, everybody knows there's something inside of them even if they're like whatever atheist agnostic not religious whatever you can feel stuff you like have intuition you have this what is what the hell is that what's well, my brain yeah but it's something that you can't see so there's the core of duality is like spirit human duality there's this dance there's this harmonious dance of being having this body this physical spacesuit that allows you to go through this life and experience how, what a strawberry tastes like what the electricity from a kiss feels like what, you know, all of these different things through the biochemical reactions, but what that's doing in my experience, and I don't have any way to prove this, but just from experience and watching this in life and feeling it myself, it's feeding your soul. And when that's fed and your like default energy signatures, getting what it needs, whatever it might be for you, it's different for everybody. You feel full and you feel whole and complete. So duality is very simple. We live in a world and capsule in, in this capsule of duality. I mean, that's how it is. You can't have one without the other. Right. You can't have good without bad. People always say, well, shun the negative, personal development, self-help, shun the negative, only positive thoughts. And I always tell them the same thing. Go and hook your negative terminal from your car battery and tell me how good your car works. Right. It's a circuit. You have to have both to have either. So when you realize that and you're no longer afraid of part of, the, of, of life, then you can actually use it to empower yourself to actually get more power uh, activate more of your own power. So you can build your life with it. But duality is, it's a simple concept. It can be, it can muddy the waters a little bit because it can get really complicated for people, but it's not. It's just, you have to have both. To have either. If you have one thing, that's how I changed my entire life is this duality exercise. I just, I went through and I mean, cause it's easy to look at your life and go, here's all the things that suck. Like when you mm-hmm. when you have a, a broken finger and a scratch and a painful blister or something, that's what you're focused on because it's painful. So it right. takes way less energy to focus on the things that you don't like because they're there like going screaming at you like, hey, we need to change something here. So you list out all the things that suck and then you go, OK, um, I don't like being overweight. I don't like being low energy. I don't like being unconfident or meek or shy. I don't like being broke. Cool. What's the heads to the tails of that? Boom. Now you have that. It's very simple. It's so simplistic. People like, no, like, yeah, trust me for 30 years, I've watched this work. And then you go, what's the opposite. Now you have a target, something to focus on. So the problem has done its job, but you have to have both without either. The problem is a box that the solution lives inside of. It's not something to be afraid of. There's so many people that are like so terrified to, to, to even think about anything that might be considered negative. But if you look at how energy works, and what everything in this universe is, is energy. And what are mm-hmm. you? You're an energy system. You're a couple of them, but a few of them smashed together in this, in this body. And you understand that you have to have negative and positive for the energy to actually flow, for it to move. Then you realize negative is not something to be afraid of. It's not something that's going to destroy you. It's a component that expands your awareness about what you actually want. That's when that energy starts moving. Then you can use both to create your life. And you kind of have to, there's so many people trapped in this whole, what do they call it? Toxic positivity. Right. And, and they're miserable. They have these weird, like happy face stickers. Everything's great. I just stepped in dog poop. It's fine. (laughs) Like, it's not fine. No one likes stepping in dog poop. It sucks. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. that it's not okay. You know, it's, it's funny. People get trapped in this. I've seen, I've seen people trapped in this cycle. I call it a spiritual addiction and they get trapped in this for sometimes decades they're good people and they mean and they want to help they want to elevate the world and they're great people but they just get stuck in this process where all they're looking for is the stuff that always feels good that's always good positive positive positive
0: and even so that, they're putting anything. everything under the cart the, the negative things are all like yeah. they ignore 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 so they're not having that duality to charge them to get to the next mm-hmm. level and their
1: systems start to break down right. because they're not being used so they start to atrophy that's what happens you know huh. so Duality is, is just, I mean, that we live in a world government and it's, and it's beautiful because if you think about like what everything is, like the singularity of energy, if you take everything and make it this big, only the light and the love, and you make right. everything like this big flood of this beautiful, white, bright, calm, peaceful, soft white light, and everything becomes that. If you've ever lived in a winter state, you understand what happens. Right. Everything stops existing. It's a whiteout. There's no contrast. Duality creates contrast. And we need that contrast. We need the shadows and the depth and the different things to be able to make things out. So if you do it on the light side, you have only light, no darkness. It's all one shape. There's nothing, nothing. Same thing on the dark. I mean, because nature is a self-correcting system. It won't let you get too far on either side. You expand too much, you start to get pain because you're losing touch with connection with humanity, losing connection with humanity. That's what life's about is connection and love and that kind of like love and not Disney love, but like connection love. And so then on the other side, the darkness, if you retreat too far in that, the constrictive aspect of that causes so much pain that you have to, for, it forces you out of that cave. So you go back into this nature, kind of handles it for us. So we don't have to do anything because right. the pain is what makes us move. Unless you ignore the pain so much that you, because it's negative, then you just end up like ceasing to exist. But duality is great because if it's a singularity, if it's just white or just dark or whatever, I mean, this is, simple terms but when you put all that into a capsule of duality and you can stretch that energy into this spectrum man that's when we have like the ability, because everything slows down, like the frequency right. of that light so fast that it's just one thing. But when you can slow it down, then we can see colors and we can feel different emotions and we can have moments together and experiences and presence and 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 tasting. And we can live a rich, full human life, which in my opinion is the most spiritual thing you can do because it's feeding your spiritual being exactly what it wants and needs, which is why it inhabits this body. So right. You know, duality is just—it's a simple concept, but it it really is beautiful when you look at it. And people try to transcend that shit. They're like, "I'm going to transcend duality. I'm going to become enlightened." But that doesn't mean you transcend duality,
0: right? It means you embrace it. It means you embrace
1: it. That's what it means.
0: When you talk about love and fear, because I look at kind of the similar way. And you know, you come from either coming from love or you're coming from fear. But your way of like, I always have heard the false evidence appearing real, but you have the different acronym for that. What is it?
1: For fear. Yeah. Focus energy at results.
0: Yeah. I love that. I've never heard that before. Go there on the, tell me about that. That's why. (laughs) I know. I just like, God, so cool. I need to remember that.
1: Focus energy at results. There's a reason for that. Fear has function. Here's the thing. Everybody listening, guys, girls, whatever. There's no errors. If you feel something or you think something or something's happening, you're experiencing some sensation. You don't make errors. There's a reason for that. All of it has function. And it's helping to guide you back to this place of where you're in your creation zone, because that's, again, people freak out when I say this. Everyone has the same purpose. <gasps> Gasp. How dare you say that? My purpose is unique. No, it's not. Everyone has the same purpose. Like, well, what is it? If you look at the human, the human specimen, the human being, we're built to create. We start off with procreation to keep making babies and keep going, right? But we're built to create. That's everyone's purpose. What you create and that experience, very unique and individual to every single person. But mm-hmm. the purpose at the core itself is the same. And all of these things have functioned to help support you in living on purpose, living from your purpose. Because when you're doing that, you can't be d- depressed. You can't be, you can feel stress, which is fine. Stress builds muscle. That resistance builds muscles, mental, emotional, physical, whatever. But you can't be depressed. You can't be apathetic. You can't. Not when you're creating. It's not possible because you're living on purpose. So those things, the the apathy and the depression are signals saying you need to move back into creation. It causes pain, so you move. But the the whole thing about fear, all that it does is its function is to make you aware, like I'm not focusing on what I want in this world anymore. I'm focusing on what I don't want. I don't want to be bit by that snake. Okay, focus energy at results. What do you want? I want to be safe from the snake. Good, take a step back. Don't be freaked out and panic and like act like a lunatic and climb a tree (laughs) and break your arm because there's a snake. Just- Focus energy at results. Results that you want to have, and results in that case might be the fear might be saying, "I don't want to get bit by that snake." So just back up a little bit. or most people, are like, ah, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm all, whatever, and then they panic, and then they end up getting bit by the snake because they're pissing the snake off because they're like freaking out. The snake's like, "I'm just trying to have a sandwich. You leave me alone."
0: You know? <laughs> right? <laughs> all, yeah. Tell me, I'm going on a whole different thing because I want to get this in before we end. But with your wife and your children, and I know you've you've been married for 24 years, and what was that journey and how did you like coming from a family where you didn't have that marriage to look at of your mom and dad how did you figure that out and then have children and how did you what did you do to treat you know to teach them what you know did you make that sure like like for me like it was like when i turned 38 37 and 40 is when i had my kids and it was like i was on i knew the tools that i wanted to make sure they had in their minds before they left at 18 Like, it was, like, so ingrained in me because I'd done so much work. But is that where you were at when you met your wife and then ventured into having a family and now a grand grand grandbaby?
1: Yeah, she's amazing.
0: No, I mean, when I first
1: got married, I wanted a family. That's my biggest dream in my life was to have a family. And so that became true, obviously. But, you know, it wasn't like structured to plan again because like how do you it took me a long time to be able to teach any of this stuff because how do you teach something you don't actually learn? Like I didn't learn it, right? I did it. So it wasn't like here's the mechanics, here's A, B, and C. I was like, I don't know, man. I poked a stick and some shit happened. I don't know what the hell it is. It took me mm-hmm. years to even name yeah. these things, right? I had no idea. I didn't know there were they didn't like here's the power life principles. It was like nope here's me living my life experientially and when this I did this, this happened and I just kind of simplified it down over time with my kids. And my wife too, but with my kids mostly, I just I showed them by example, and I would talk to them at different times in their life. But mostly, I just let them live, and I told them all the time. I still tell them, like, don't try to be like me. Don't even for one second think you need to be anything like me. If there's things that you admire about me, then yeah, you can model that stuff. But do what makes your heart light up, and then they and I say, go live, go fall down, go make mistakes. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna arm you with all the armor and shields and swords and everything. But what they didn't know was i was kind of a helicopter dad and i kind of like sat back but i sat back they didn't know i was doing this i sat back and i observed very carefully and they went through some really hard stuff and mm-hmm. i sat there and i watched and i'm just waiting there was times there were times i needed to interject and help them and kind of lift them up and, and elevate them a bit but mostly i just let them fall off the bike and like get back up on their own and then i would encourage them you know when they come ah, like get back on the bike get back on the bike and then i talked to them about some of the power life principles and like the, the, the way i just talk like that naturally it's not like i'm Trying to, it's just it's just what I am. So right, like, whenever right. I talk, that's what comes out. So it's just like so they naturally got that, and that's both funny. of them got tattoos on the of say highest energy wins. They did, oh yeah. cute,
0: yeah. oh I love that. But you know, you think of having a dad like you, and you know, they're girls, and you know, you want. I just I grew up there. I'm three girls. I'm one of three girls, and I remember my dad, and I have two girls. So thinking of my husband with the girls, but also knowing. So important to build them to be the place where they are worthy, and they have this as a raising girls for sure is about for me anyway, looking at them like I want them to have this self worth that just exudes you know that they know they can be do or have anything they have this power, and it's them they're the power like you talk about, yep. and you know raising that and raising your girls and giving them that you know knowing that you're there as a dad, like I can just see you looking at them and observing and You know, wanting to say something, but just letting them do their thing and fall and make mistakes. And you know, I've heard stories where their dads are like, "Did you make a mistake today?" They wanted to like, you know, I want to celebrate the mistakes because you took action and maybe it didn't work. Right? That's what I love,
1: living life. Yeah, and and definitely the love that they have and had growing up it amplified their confidence a lot because I know I didn't have that. So I was like, you know, they had some advantages that way. And you're exactly right, especially being girls. I mean. I know people are all weird with this whole thing these days, but girls have it different than boys at the core of it. We're all the power, but out in the world, like I watch how my daughters get treated and I'm like, what the, what is this? Cause I don't think like that, but you know, they have to have a little bit of extra, I think confidence and strength in many areas of life because they're, they're women now, but because of that, which is kind of sad in a way, but at the same time, it's like, eh, it's also an opportunity for you to strengthen those muscles and be a badass. Right. And, and they have, you know, it's right. amazing. They're amazing. They're absolutely incredible. Oh, So great. Do they live close by? One lives here. One just moved to Utah. So yeah, one. Oh. my youngest daughter still lives here.
0: Okay. And Utah's, I love the story about the butterfly and your daughter about how she wanted yeah. to come home. And yeah. oh, so cute. Because I do that with the girl. We do every day, we have to find a magic moment and it's it, a lot of it's butterflies. And I have this butterfly thing lately. And today I saw one. I thought of you, cause I know I was coming to see, or we were going to see each other on zoom, but you know, when people have that, the perspective, you know, and looking at things instead of thinking that that butterfly had to fly around, you know, and it had to be living, but it was still snowing and there's no way dad, I'm going to find a butterfly. It's like, really? Is there going to be one on a, you know, card or a, you know, whatever.
1: curtain, yeah. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. If you start looking for them, they're all over the place. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I love that. And so when you have all this, you're building this, these principles, this business, as you are really in, on this journey of your life, you're like learning as you go and you're keeping a mental note of all of these things that are working for you and that you realize that are, that is part of, like life and being a human and experiencing duality and love and all the things at work, and now you get to a point where you're like, I think I'm going to put a book together or I think I'm going to put a program. How do you get to that place? Because people are coming to you and you're, you should do this or what?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it's again the principle of attraction. Like I've, I've lived this way, like without thinking about it because it it wasn't something that I actually like. Kind of learned through a book. I actually became that person which is great for me because it's like it validates everything. This is just how we work, man. I, I'm telling you, I've been through the ringer. I know this. But then someone came to me and wanted to be friends and the whole story. And he's like, and he was a marketer. And he's like, dude, you have to write a book. I'm like, what do you mean write a book? I don't know how to write a book. It's like, you have to write a book. I'll market it. We'll do all this. And I'm like, okay. So I wrote the book. And, and uh, you know, as soon as that hit, it went global before social media. In like three months, we were global. And there were like, <laughs> there were movie studios calling to make a movie about my story and all this crazy stuff. And time, I was just like, yeah, go ahead. You know, I was new to business and stuff. I, I was so naive. I'm like, yeah, this is great. I had people come and wanting to license my my training to like two three thousand people in like their organizations and stuff. I'm like, did you buy it? Well, then apply principle eleven, pass the torch. What do you need all this stuff for? And they're like, are you stupid? I'm like, maybe, but still, that's how this works. So it was it was, funny. It was an interesting journey. But yeah, it happened because part of it was because I needed to do this, but people started coming to me like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. And then someone said, you need to write a book. And, and that whole thing kind of unfolded from there. Huh.
0: But during the time of you doing all this like inward work, are you working? How are you making? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like a high-speed data technician. And I mean, oh, okay. I had, yeah, I had a job, I had jobs and stuff and supporting my family. I did. And part of the big part of that, I was doing construction at the first of all that. And And loved it. And I still, I help my friend do it when I can these days, because I dislike doing it. I like building stuff, but I like working with my hands and getting dirty. I just love it. But yeah, I was working and making a living, um, supporting myself and my family through other ways. And, um, you know, and it was great. And, but even then people were coming to me like, Hey, and I I was the guy, everybody came to you like, Hey, what about this? What about that? A secret, you know, like I got these problems. I'm like, why is everybody telling me this stuff? Oh, but cute. I know why, because I'm like, oh yeah, well, boom, 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 boom. And it's just like duct tape, a dung beetle and a coat hanger. There you go, dude. And they're like, oh my God. And, they, and it's just so simple. And it makes huh. so much sense that they could instantly like fix their, their, their problem or release that energy and start flowing in their life again, saving marriages, saving lives. People were suicidal, um, getting people off drugs and alcohol just from their own power. Not because I did it, but I showed them a doorway of how to get there and i always tell people this like it's not the tools tools augment your power but tools are not the power people like meditation about all these things they're useful and they augment your power but have you ever seen a saw cut a piece of wood no it's a human operating a saw cutting a piece of wood
0: right. have you ever
1: seen a screwdriver screwing a, th- a hammer ham, pound a nail no it's a human using the tool doing the thing it always comes back to you it's why i tell people all the time like you're the power and i can tell people this way back you know, 25 plus years ago. And I'm like, you got to understand, like you're the one doing this stuff. So don't look for some external magic solution that can augment you. If you're building a house, a saw is a very good tool to have. If you're fixing a relationship, whatever, listening, uh, a a tool for listening, maybe like the the magic tile where I have it, I can talk you, have it, you can talk. That's a tool Mm -hmm. that augments your ability to communicate Mm -hmm. and to strengthen that. But don't ever give the credence to the tools because it's you doing it. It's always. Right.
0: What would be your... I just thought of this. What if you had to give your 16-year-old self advice? What would you go back and tell your, you at that age, knowing what you know now?
1: Do exactly what you did. It's going to be hell. It's going to be hell a lot of times, but you're going to get through it. I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, I wouldn't. It's just because every piece of that is woven into the fabric of my experience, which has made it so I can relate to people on Every end of the extreme spectrum, I've I've hung out with people who have billion dollar businesses and I've hung out with homeless people and bikers and whatever. I I can relate to everybody because I've lived so much vast experience. So every piece of my life is woven into the fabric of of who I am and what I am. And because of that, I'm able to, I guess, impact and relate to more people, which makes more people be able to feel seen and heard. And you do that for somebody, just that in and of itself is a gift because then they can see and hear themselves for sometimes the first time in their life. So I would tell the person, like, it's going to be hell, but you're going to be fine. Don't ever quit on yourself.
0: Yeah. And just the fact that you, you know, you think of going through things and, you know, it could be the worst, darkest day, you know, and you teach these kids, you know, there are going to be those days. But that's your story, right? That's what you're going to help somebody down the road. You're going to tell them that story and they're going to say, oh, my gosh, you you relate to me. You get it. Those are the magic moments in, in life are those you know, I always say the contrasts are like the you have to. We came here to experience the contrast, right? The highs and the lows, and you know, you want to get to where the the middle between the highs and the lows aren't as big. You know, instead of these big valleys and big, you know, the highs and the the big mountains and the valleys. But you know, those valleys. Like just even listening to your story and what you've done to change people's lives with that those stories and how you wouldn't change a thing. You know, and what you who you are to be. I mean, I really believe that this was your purpose before you even turned 12 and started drinking like, okay, the little soul in there said, okay, we're going to start drinking now. (laughs) I'm going to have to go through this big time thing for two years. And then I'm going to have this aha moment that I can't live this way. But I see the little writing on this little boy, you know, growing up and realizing his gift, like it could be a story. You know, it is, it's a book. I mean, it's a cute, I could see it being a movie, you know, it'd be be a great movie. It would be, be I can see it right now. But um, I love it and I love our time and appreciate you. And I feel like you're my friend. You know, it's like you, you get this connection with someone like you're, I could be here with you all day long or I've known you or even listening to yeah. you the last few days that I've been listening and trying to learn about you. It has been beautiful. I've loved it. And you're a definite gift to this world and this planet and you're doing what you're supposed to do. And what a good feeling to be in that place, you know?
1: Thank you very much. It's very nice.
0: Yeah, you're living your passion. People are, you're just a, a white shining light. I love it, and Thank I'm you. so grateful to have crossed paths with you. Moments like this for me are like that is why I do a podcast because I get to have these amazing conversations with people like you.
1: Well, that's neat. Thank you so much. That's very nice. Yeah, I love it's it. been fun actually. I love it. I love doing this. We could, I can do this. All, I do do it all the time actually.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, funny. Me too. But so we can find you on Facebook. Instagram. I have looked Facebook, it all up and then yep, your Facebook,
1: Instagram. And then if you want to hear the whole story and I actually have a thing where you can get a, uh, the principle one of the power Life principles, it's an audio course with some PDFs and worksheets you can get for free. That alone has changed people's lives. So let's just give people that and go to highestenergywins.com. That's where you can get that information, see the whole story, learn about all the power life principles. I talk about that in that video. And it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool video. The 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 thumbnail like has me holding a gun. It's like, well, that's dramatic.
0: Yeah, I saw that. But,
1: yeah, <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a good place to go to learn more about like the backstory of how this came to be, what the principles are, how you can maybe start to apply them in your life to enhance your own life, because that's how we really elevate humanity is by elevating ourselves.
0: Yes. Oh, and you do that to an amazing degree. Thank you. Yes, you're so welcome. Thank you for being here, Mike. I have loved welcome. it. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget, always look for the magic.